This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Back here on the second guest show, Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. We'll take you till 8 o'clock tonight. And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line, we have Wilson Alexander. Wilson covers the LSU Fighting Tigers football team for the Advocate Times-Picayune. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, man, you ain't going to have nothing to do for the next couple of weeks, Wilson. Man, uh, you know, it, it, it's easy pickings uh, for you. Transfer portal, uh, the first national signing day. Man, you be able to take it easy, man, every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing going on in college football right now. I mean, you know, players are all Not a damn thing. And- yeah, nothing at all. Nobody's getting ready for a bowl game, and there's no recruiting, and it's all extremely quiet. Of course, I'm kidding. Uh, today, LSU uh, got the first shot, and we knew eventually this would happen with Jack Besh. I think he sees the numbers there uh, with the return. I'm going to ask you about your, your thoughts on, on Keyshawn Booty uh, coming back. Uh, uh, that, and that uh, surprised me a little bit. Now, he didn't put up the numbers this year, and he wouldn't have been a first or second-round pick. I see everybody writing all that, but, man, just watching him, he wouldn't have gone in the first two rounds. He might have went in round three, but uh, he wasn't going to go in the first two rounds. His return, Malik Neighbors coming back. You got Brian coming back. You got Kyron Lacey coming back for another season. And two five-star recruits headed to LSU. So I, I can understand Besh taking a look at this and saying, you know what? Uh, I'm going to have to get my catches somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. This was getting becoming a really crowded receiver room with everything that you um, mentioned there. And this was a really hard decision for Jack, as I understand it. I mean, this is a guy who you know, grew up in Lafayette. His uncle's played at LSU. This was the school that he always wanted to go to, and he really loves this place. But um, it was going to be hard to continue to stand out in the receiver room and, and a, at a position that is extremely deep. Um, and for him to continue to kind of play and build his career it sort of seemed like for him the logical uh, maybe thing to do. But it was it was hard for him to, to take this step. It, it really was. And um, But, yeah, for LSU, things are continued to set up well at receiver, especially with Kayshawn coming back. It was a little bit of a surprise. But, you know, like you said, his draft stock had gone down, and he sees himself as somebody who should go in the first round, as he was projected to uh, earlier this year. Um, that's a big piece of it. Um, he also really does want to win with this team and, and go out on an even higher note than they had this season. Um, it helps a little bit that, you know, he's got those NIL deals that he has. It makes it just easier. Um, but that really wasn't the motivating factor here, as I understand it. It was really more so 
boost his draft stock in um, in 2020, you know, going into the 2024 draft and, and come back here in order to do that. Now LSU looks really well set up at receiver. I know one thing. Um, people around him did a lot of research on where he would go. Wilson, he, he didn't make this decision on his own. He got a lot of information from people who did a lot of research on where he got selected. And I think that played a big part in him coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you know, he comes into the year as a potential top ten pick, you know, certainly in the first round, for half of the first round. But, yeah, it was looking like, I mean, the most one of the mock drafts I saw had him as, like, maybe the 40th overall prospect. As you said, he could have maybe dropped lower than that. It's hard to say at this point, you know, with such a long pre-draft process to go exactly where he would have ended up. But it wouldn't have been where he sees himself. And he sees himself as one of the best receivers in the country and should, somebody who should come off the board really early. And that wasn't going to happen. We're speaking about Wilson Alexander, uh, Times-Picune advocate, uh, does a great job with LSU. Uh, Wilson, you know what I get asked more than anything right now? What the hell are we going to do with our special teams? Okay, uh, Brian Pullian, I'm looking at LSU special team coordinator, the only assistant who came along with Brian Kelly uh, from Notre Dame. And then you look at the many special team blunders. Uh, now the season's not over, but you uh, started the season against Florida State. Then look what occurred against Georgia. And then even Coach Kelly said uh, going into halftime, it's totally unacceptable. Uh, now, well, what does that mean? It's unacceptable. Okay, you're just going to be in charge of recruiting, and we're going to get a special teams coach? Or well, what do you think with that? Because uh, th- that can obviously uh, cost you games and, uh, and have a, a direct impact going forward that it seems like a lot of things, uh, they had not been paying enough attention to detail. Whether you look in the past at Coach McMahon and, uh, and, and, uh, and Bobby April. Was, and, uh, and, and, and Bobby April. Uh, so I think that's one area that LSU's team is taking a step back is the special teams, uh, maybe technique or coaching, and uh, how are they going to be held accountable. The other thing I'll ask you, Wilson, is do you see this team maybe signing a veteran kicker? Or do you think they'll stick with Roma, Ross and they got – Divert, who they brought in from Michigan, do you see them maybe looking around for a kicker, or will they stay in-house? Yeah, I'll start with the kicker question. That's not something that I've heard is that they would take a kicker. Um, it really hasn't been something I considered because Ramos did a, a pretty adequate job this year. He wasn't put in many stressful or high-pressure situations. The only one where he was was the 47-yarder against Florida that he hit, uh, and Divert came in as the number two kicker in the country, and while he needed some development – um, you know, that's still somebody who has a prospect, uh, had a lot of upside. Um, so we'll have to kind of see how things develop there. In terms of special teams and the coaching of it, I wish I had a better answer for you at this point. I don't know what they're going to do, but clearly something has to improve and in, in, in in change in some way in order for those improvements to happen. Um, whether Brian Kelly maybe gets more involved, whether he maybe reassigns and shuffles some people around, you know, we're just going to have to kind of see. Um, at this point, I, I, we don't know. Um, but clearly special teams was a flaw of this team this season, starting from the season opener all the way down to the SEC championship game. It was an issue that never really got better, and LSU is going to have to uh, make something happen there in order for it to be a reliable unit moving forward. What that ends up being, we'll have to see. I, I don't know at this point. Now, uh, Wilson, if I'd have told you before the game uh, that LSU is going to score 30 points, when you think, oh, then they might have a chance to win, 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't think it'd be like 50 to 30, whatever. The reason why I say that, I'm looking at uh, what LSU's streak of 13 consecutive wins when scoring at least 30 points a snap, and seven of those wins came this season. Uh, so what, what would you take? If I'd have told you that uh, LSU's going to score 30, wouldn't you think, oh, man, they got a chance to win? Well, wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I would have. If you had said, told me they would score 30 <laughs> points, I probably would have thought that they were in the game late um, because it seemed like you know the this team has been the defense for most of the year. And obviously Georgia, they just kind of ran into a team that is able to dominate when it wants to in Georgia and really exert itself physically. Uh, the Bulldogs showed what they're capable of doing on the offensive side. And, of course, there were some points there. Like, I mean, you know, Georgia didn't score 50 points on offense because of the blocked kick um, and all that. And, you know, maybe even – and then right after the interception, uh, which, of course, swung the game so early, they end up scoring. And, of course, that's that falls on the defense. But um, you have to kind of give them maybe a little bit of uh, – uh, understanding there, I guess, uh, to give up that touchdown right after the pick just because it was such a short field. And so um, I would have thought that, though, yeah, in LSU, because they, 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 to get to 30 points, it seemed like it would have been a good good marker for this game. Obviously, the offense played well, but they just got they just ran into a team that is um, at a different level at this point and uh, really shows what LSU is trying to get to. Georgia's the elite team, so to speak. Yeah, they, they're very, I used to have a, a, a friend of mine, that's how he said it, elite yeah, they very in college yeah, football. Yeah. They didn't you Alabama. You've seen all these LSU games, and man, taking nothing away from from Will Anderson, he, he's an unbelievable player. But I think the best defensive player LSU went up against was Jalen Carter. Man, did, did he put on a one man show uh, for the Bulldogs up front? He is fantastic. Uh, I think he's the best player in college football, and if he hadn't. Um, been injured for part earlier this season. He had an MCL uh, injury that kept him out for two games and then also limited him in three others. If not for that, he might actually be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. He's that good, and he is really difficult to block inside. We, of course, all saw him pick up Jaden Daniels with one hand. Um, there was actually a video of Emory Jones that had a decent pass rep uh, against him uh, that yeah, Cole Kubelik from the SC Network pointed out. But oh, by and large, it was really hard for LSU to defend him inside. He is just a game wrecker uh, at the uh, you know defensive tackle position. And it's going to be fascinating to see what he does in the playoff as well. Yeah, and he's, he's got a chance to be, if it's not Bryce Young, it, you, we may see Jalen Carter be the first overall pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, Wilson, hang on a second. We've got to take a quick break, and then we'll come back to you. I know Bobby's got a question also, too, on uh, Jaden Daniels and what's your thoughts on if you return to LSU next year. So we'll be back with more second guests and Wilson Alexander right after this break here on the Big 870. Back here on the second guest show, Mike Detaya along with the Cajun Cannon Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. We have on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, Wilson Alexander who covers the LSU Tigers for the Advocate Times-Picayune. Uh, Wilson, I don't think I get... Any more questions about this than any other? Man, it's about Jaden. Will Jaden Daniels return to LSU in 2023? What does that do to the room? I think Garrett Nussbaum put him on quite a display uh, Saturday. If this is an audition, he did a damn good job auditioning. We all know about Walker Howard and and certainly young freshman Collins coming in. But your thoughts on where this will go uh, with with Jaden Daniels, 
Yeah, it's hard to say with absolute you know certainty just until we you know hear from Jaden himself and and what he's going to ultimately do. There are a lot of signs and just sort of reading tea leaves and talking to people that indicate that he uh, there's a good chance that he will be back next year. Um, but we're going to have to kind of you know wait and see just to to make sure. There's there's a lot sort of pointing in that direction. Um, you know he wants to get drafted fairly high. He he has a lot of confidence in himself. You've seen certainly examples like Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. Of course, Burrow being the best one, you know, just here at LSU a few years ago, of what can happen in that last year of eligibility if you use it well and continue to develop. And he's gotten a lot better under the, the staff. And if he continues to take another leap, they could really put himself in, you know, the conversation as, um, you know, it's certainly a maybe top three round uh, draft pick and, and then maybe even go from there. Um, what that does for the room, of course, if he comes back, then you've got your starting quarterback back. It doesn't, you know, it'll be really interesting to see exactly how Brian Kelly and LSU would handle that because Garrett looked so good at the SEC championship game and you created just so much excitement about his future. You know, he still had some mistakes that they had to clean up. Brian Kelly said as much, and you saw it with the pick and the double coverage and the fumble late. Um, you know, he made some risky throws that he's known for, but he also showed just how good he can be um, at times and, and just the electric arm talent uh, that he possesses. I mean, there's very few quarterbacks who have that and do what he can do. Um, and so it'll be fascinating really to see how this unfolds. Uh, if Jaden doesn't come back, then, you know, Garrett is certainly in line to, to become the starter. Um, and Walker has been looking great behind the scenes from everything I'm told. They're really, really excited about him. So really, by and large, it's good things with the LSU quarterback room. This is going, a talent that has lined up well for the future. Even looking really far ahead, Colin Hurley is committed. He's one of the top quarterbacks in his class in 2024. And so LSU's in a pretty good position at quarterback, kind of a, no matter what I think happens uh, with Jaden and Garrett um, over the next few, you know, however long, you know, until we know exactly what's going on. Now, Wilson, uh, what is the perception or your understanding of how the fan base, that being the LSU fan base, uh, views the team considering, well, you beat Alabama, you win the SEC West, and we all know it kind of went downhill uh, from the A&M game. Look at LSU, uh, 94 looks uh, to their bowl trip uh, to try and, uh, you know, change their uh, what late uh, two-game losing streak. And with a win, uh, how different is if LSU finishes 10-4 and four or 9-5? and five? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it just sounds a whole lot better. Now, it doesn't affect it next year. But to beat Purdue in the Citrus Bowl and beat 10-4 and four instead of 9-5 and five and, and closing the season with three straight losses. Yeah, Brian Kelly was asked this on uh, Sunday on a teleconference. And I thought his answer was interesting because he said that Internally, it doesn't really change what the progress that he thinks they've made this season in terms of building the culture and in creating those habits and all those little things that have been going on behind the scenes that have been, of course, showed up on Saturdays in a lot of these wins uh, that, to show the development of this team. Um, but it really just does help sort of in terms of all the off-season conversation. You know, we've got eight months of people talking about LSU. If you say – can win LSU that went to an SEC championship, it does sound a lot better than nine win LSU that lost its last three. And, oh, did they kind of fall off at the end of the year? It just sort of creates – erases like a lot of the any sort of, like, worry uh, in the sort of public perception about where this program is heading continues to reinforce the positivity that there's been so much of it built up. I don't think it necessarily matters, like, in the long-term view of what's happening inside the building, um, but it just kind of gives the fan base a boost because uh, I think the fan base is really happy with what Brian Kelly has done in year one. Um, there's reason not to be getting back to the SEC championship and winning the West and 
and really exceeding a lot of the expectations people have for this program. But it'll just continue to sort of reinforce that if they can win this bowl game and get to that 10-win marker. Wilson, all I know is, man, Coach Miles used that as a flag. Double-digit wins. Man, because he considered a big gap between 9 and 10. He thought that was so big to get double digits. And so I, I, I get it. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Wilson. Hey, thanks for the time, y'all. Have a great evening. All right, you too, Wilson. Thanks so much. We'll be back to finish it off here on Second Guess right after this break here on the Big 870. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 